word sibling, what comes to mind? Sibling rivalry? Competition? Arguments, teasing, and tattletaling? Perhaps these are common, even typical, elements of the sibling dynamic. But I view the bond between brothers and sisters differently. Sure, there may be elements of the aforementioned behavior, but it goes so much deeper than this. Siblings, to me, are one of the greatest gifts your parents can give you. My brothers were my first friends, my protectors, the keeper of my memories, my co-stars in countless home videos, the lens through which I see my childhood, my pals. My favorite quote about this special relationship comes from Clara Ortega. Quote, to the outside world, we all grow old, but not to brothers and sisters. We know each other as we always were. We know each other's hearts. We share private family jokes. We remember family feuds and secrets, family griefs and joys. We live outside the touch of time. Today, I have the pleasure of presenting to you the third installment of the 65 Roses series, First Friends, A Sibling's Perspective. I sat down with Kate and Meg Higginbotham and John Patrick Corey and Mary Field to discuss what life and siblinghood has looked like for them in terms of having brothers with CF. They speak openly and honestly about life with Jeffrey, Matthew, and Ryan. This episode will be divided into two parts. Please enjoy part one. Welcome to the podcast. Hi, Caitlin. I'm excited to be here. 
Thank you so much for coming on. So I had the pleasure of speaking to your mom and dad, and this episode is going to be all about the siblings who have been there every step of the way for your brothers. I think it's good to get everyone's different perspective because, you know, everyone has a slightly different journey of what it was like for them. So I thought it would be best to just see specifically what your perspective is like. Definitely. So before we begin, why don't you give everyone a little introduction into yourself and then we'll dive in. Sure. So I am Kate Higginbotham. I am a single mama to two boys, Gavin, who's nine, and Dylan is seven. Um, I come from a very big, close family. My dad is a Hig and my mom is a Corey. And we grew up with like a very big, tight-knit, close family. And it's still that way. And it's a big source of strength and fun and a huge part of my identity is my family and our extended family friends. And I'm a social worker. So that is, uh, those are the most important things to me. It's my family, my babies, my friends, and um, my job. Aw, yeah. And you're the best mama. And you're right. You know, your family is so tight-knit. You're a Corey and a Hig. Best of both worlds. That's right. And so I'm, I always feel so grateful that I'm welcomed into both of these big, extended, beautiful families who are just full of so much love. And one thing I admire about your family is that it's more like we're all friends than family. Totally. Yeah. Which is the best feeling. Definitely. I feel like my family are my best friends. And I always say this to everybody, like I feel so lucky. Yeah, it's the best. It's like a built-in besties, which I love. Totally. So if we're going to talk about your family and we're going to talk about growing up, we have to talk about CF. It's just such a part of the family. It's so ingrained for the past almost 40 years. Mm -hmm. Um, And so, of course, it's had its effect on each member of the family. So for you, being the oldest child in your family, what was it like growing up with two younger brothers with CF? Yes, so I am am the oldest. I am shockingly going to be 44. (laughs) Um, My sister Meg is 40. My brother Jeffrey would have been 37. And my brother Maddie is 33. And I feel like growing up as the oldest, it definitely, CF was a huge part of our lives. It definitely, we had a different life. A lot of hospital stays for Jeffrey, a lot of medications in the house, visiting nurses, breathing treatments. So it definitely, it changed everything, but it's all I know and remember. Um, Jeffrey was seven when I was born and he was like my little baby. (laughs) So I definitely feel like it gave us from the get-go a different perspective on life. Like with the whole pandemic that's happening right now, I hear a lot of people say, you know, it's given me time to slow down and appreciate the little things, which is amazing because that's an amazing perspective to have. And it's one that we always have had because of our life circumstances. Like our parents took the lead on that. They're both super positive and They just raised us all exactly equal. They often say their greatest accomplishment is the relationship between the four of us because we're just like best, best friends. So I feel like it gave us, like I've had the most beautiful childhood. (laughs) Like it was just like a total village because Jeffrey was often in the hospital and my mom is just the most amazing mama bear and lived there at the hospital with him. When I got a little older, I would stay with him. But during those time periods, my grandma, 
Corey, my Aunt Mary, my Nana, and our extended family and friends would, it was just a total village of like meal delivery and people taking care of us. And, and that's like what we knew. And we always felt loved and, and everything was special. Like my, my mom just made everything so special all the time. I think because she knew like the beauty of life because our circumstances were harder. Yeah, absolutely. And, you know, you describe it. I think like the common theme that everyone's saying is like, it was your normal, you know, there is no normal, but this was all you knew. And even being seven, you know, I was, I would wonder maybe, did you know life before CF, but seven so young and you probably don't remember a time when CF wasn't a part of your life. But something that jumps out to me is that you still describe your childhood as being like so beautiful It wasn't like you are focusing on the negative and saying like childhood was hard and we were always in the hospital. I think that's such a testament to your parents that they made everything special, like you said, that you celebrated every little thing because you knew how precious life was. And I think, I don't know if your parents, if that was like an intention decision to to raise you all that way, but their instincts were great because you guys are all like that. You appreciate the little moments, the special moments, and, and you live every day because I think your parents instilled in you that life can be short and that life can be hard. So when something's good, you have to really soak in the good. Yeah, it was the best childhood. I think, you know, the, the hardest part where there were like many painful moments um, and a lot of moments that are like hard to reflect on and think back to because it's just really painful and hard to watch people that you love so deeply go through like super painful things, you know? So my brother, Jeffrey passed away um, three years ago and his, he had three lung transplants. His last transplant was shortly after my wedding at Cleveland clinic, which is, I can't say enough amazing things about that place. And from that time period until about four and a half years ago, it was just like the best years of his life. Like he was the the healthiest and he bought a house and was teaching English and running drama club. And he has like the most amazing group of friends and he just lived life to the, the complete fullest. Yeah. I feel so lucky because that's like the whole time I knew Jeff, like I saw the best, I think the best and healthiest days of his life And that's why it was so hard, you know, because when he did get sick, I think that's the first time I saw that. And of course, sadly, like you guys had been through that so many times before, before the transplants. Okay, so walk us through, you know, after Jeff had the healthiest years of his life and then the decline, how how did that affect you? Oh my God, it like changed everything. It was a really amazing time period. Um, I struggle with it. Um, a bit because those were the years that I had my babies and I was kind of in like beautiful time, but chaos of having infants. And I feel like I missed out on some of the memories because I was home with babies and not in a going out period. Um, so I, I struggle with that a little bit, um, that, I wasn't like at some of the parties that were going on or hangouts um, because my kids were so little, but my family always reminds me that like the boys were such a gift to him and he was literally, oh my God, the best 
uncle father figure to them like he would have been the best dad he loved my boys so much so i love that he got to experience that my son dylan he's jeffrey is his godfather which is was always a dream of mine to like have him have such an honor with one of my kids so the last um when jeffrey started to get sick again which i think we all were just well i don't know about everyone my sister and I think my brother and I, I don't know. I don't want to speak for them. I know my sister and I were in, in denial. Like we just didn't think it was going to happen again. So the last year and a half watching him just be in total pain and go through hell was the most brutal time period of our, our lives. Absolutely. And I think to speak to the denial, I think it's like Jeff like had so many miracles and he beat so many odds that you thought he had another miracle left in him, which I think, you know, given his history of three successful double lung transplants, I think that's sort of makes sense why you would think that. I totally thought that I was like, he was like superhuman, you know, and I thought that that was going to happen again. And I just couldn't imagine my life without him. And it is, it's so different. It's so life-changing. But I love that, like, you got to, like, see him during those years. Yeah, the best years. The best. Yeah. Now, being the oldest, you know, during those many hospital stays where your mom was living at the hospital and you're home with Meg and Matt, did you feel any pressure because you're the oldest? Like, I have to be strong for them. Yeah, I think it's a pressure that I put on myself. It never was put on me on adults. I think it's, I've heard this from other older children too. And then the circumstances we were in were so different, but I definitely felt pressure, but I also in crisis modes, because I'm the oldest, I often in those moments can be strong and kind of lead the way, not all the time. And then I fall apart later. Um, but I definitely felt, and I would only say this because my mom has said it to me too, because we have the best mom, the best parents. But my mom said to me after Jeffrey passed away, which was like one of the best compliments of my life. She was like, you were like another mother to him. And it is always what I felt like. I felt like maternal towards all my siblings, um, even though we're all best friends too. Like we have the friendship piece, even with like, people are like, Oh, you, your youngest brother's so much younger than you. I'm like, yeah, but it didn't, he's still like, he's one of my best friends if we hang and it's, I don't feel that big of an age yeah. difference. But yeah, I think this, the pressure, pressure on myself was self-induced, but de I'm definitely a put pressure on myself person yeah. <laughs> for sure. Yeah, definitely. In all areas of life. Yes. But I think it's hard, you know, when you're the oldest, even though no one's pressuring you, like adults would never put that on you. Um, I think the older siblings, just like you said, you feel maternal, you feel protective, but you know, you're also human and it's so hard on you. And like you said, you fall apart later. So, you know, when you're alone and you're, you allow yourself to feel it all, um, how does that look? Like, how do you drag yourself up out of that darkness? I think that before, I feel like our old life, as I often refer to it as, my pulling myself out of those moments looked a lot different than it does now. Um, I think before it was, I always had that hope that things were going to turn around and get better. And I, I would always pray 
to God. And then always, it's always been my family and friends support that has gotten me through hard times. Now it looks different to me. It's definitely my major support during hard times with my family and friends. Um, but I rely now on a lot more self-care to, to help me through hard times, things like yoga, exercise, um, getting myself a Starbucks, <laughs> keeping very busy because I, it's just different now. I, I still feel, I'm not like a total pessimist or anything. I'm still like it's kind of in the middle, but my picking myself up, it just looks a lot different now. Oh, I imagine. Because before, you know, even with the transplants, Jeff always coming home and like you said, being Superman and, and getting through it, that just reignites your hope. And so when the worst thing happens, the thing that you were always scared of, I think it's hard to get that same hope back. Like you're, you're not a pessimistic person, of course, like you still have such an optimism for life. But I think it's like you said, different. The hope is different. Definitely. And I have that... You don't see, I'm still hopeful that like, you know, we do the walk for CF and I have, you know, my brother, Matt, and my cousin, Ryan, your hubby, who I love so deeply. And, you know, like, I definitely still am hopeful that meds and, you know, turnarounds and CF will happen. I just think the experience that we went through with Jeffrey, it, like changed us all so much. Oh, I imagine. You've had many hospitalizations, scares, and of course, loss when it comes to Jeff. How did you feel when Matt's health had a decline for a period of time recently? Did you automatically fear the worst because you know, you've been changed after losing Jeff? Or were you able to access that inner hope that you've cultivated over the course of your life? I would say uh, a mix of both. It was super terrifying. And, um, I know I talked about this before, um, but like seeing someone you love in so much pain is like really horrible and you want to take some of it from them and you can't, um, so super terrified. Um, but I always have hope too. And, um, for Maddie and Ryan and, and everyone with CF, like there's always hope in me too. Um, but yes, it was super terrifying and I'm so happy and relieved that Matt is on this new drug that's just been like amazing. Yeah, it's been totally game changing because I remember, you know, I had never seen Matt be that sick. And so to see him, you know, when you guys were in Cali visiting, it was so heartbreaking because, you know, we saw that so much with Jeff, you know, your family especially. But to see it with Matt was like a whole new layer of something I hadn't seen before. And it, it really did scare me. I know for sure I was terrified. Yeah, definitely. I know you guys, we all experienced that trip together. And um, we had never seen him that sick either. And I think that was the same way with Jeff. When Jeff got really healthy after his third transplant, it was really crazy to see him get sick again. Because I think after you do see someone healthy, it's like, it's really horrible to see that take a turn. Absolutely. Well, for now, Matt and Ryan are thriving. Yes, it's amazing. Makes me so happy. <laughs> I love it. Now, I have to ask this too, because you know, you have a different perspective being a mom. So you have two boys, Gavin and Dylan, and I think 
that being Dylan's godfather was probably one of Jeff's most proud roles that he played in life. But you know, you have these two little kids and you're going through it all as be, like being a mom at the same time. What did that balance look like? How were you able to be there for the kids but still grieve on your own? It was one of the hardest time periods of my life. <laughs> When Jeff first passed away, we stayed with my parents for a while, but um, it was for the first week or so the boys were with their dad. Cause I just, we were busy running around doing things and I just honestly like could not parent and they were much younger too, but they were also what made me get out of bed again in the morning because, um, and Sandra, Matt's wife, um, and I have talked about this because one of her friends had said something one time, like you never move on. And I hate, I hate the phrase move on. You live on. And like my boys, I had to live on and get out of bed and take care of them because I'm a mom where I wanted to just crawl up in a ball and, and lie in bed. It took a while to get there though, where I, I had to do it sooner than I would have normally been able to do it, but it was pretty brutal. Yeah. I think that's like such the blessing of children. Like they brought Jeff so much joy and they are giving you so much purpose and passion. And like you said, you have to get out of bed to be a mom. So they continue to bless us in like so many different ways than the obvious ones. Mm -hmm. And I think, um, I always say the kids are blessings and it's just, they continue to prove to be again and again. Oh, totally. As far as CF and talking to the kids, they're getting a bit older, but they're still so young. Do you guys talk about CF? Do you like differ it between the two because of their age or do you just let them come to you with it? They, I would say it's a mix. It's definitely a part of conversation because they know their uncle Rai Rai and uncle Maddie have CF too. So they know it's a, a part of our family. Um, they also know their uncle Jeff passed away from it. Um, so it, it's a tough topic and I kind of just go day to day with it on like responding, hopefully the right way. You know, they have fears because they saw Jeffrey get sick and then pass away. So that's a lot for them to process. So they'll ask questions about like when not when people get sick do they always die and I mean, those are tough questions um but it's definitely they know what cystic fibrosis is they'll tell their friends like it's a it's a long disease so it's it's definitely a, it's a part of our our normal conversations yeah and I'm sure that's so hard for you because it's so multi-layered like it's your brother and it's such a sensitive topic but they're your kids and they want to know so I admire your ability and you know your openness to let them come to you and ask questions because I think some moms would just not want to talk about it and not let them feel comfortable but you let them feel how they feel and ask questions yeah and I think everybody grief is, is like such a hard thing because everybody, what works for them is different. And people will often ask me, which I appreciate, like, are you okay with like me talking about Jeff? And for me, I love talking about him because he existed and he was an, you know, the most amazing person. And so I love talking about him with my boys and I love that they talk about him all the time. And yeah, totally. 
I think the biggest misconception for people who are friends of those who are grieving, I think they think, oh, I don't want to bring it up because it's going to make them sad. But I think that that's a misconception because I know for me, and I think it sounds the same for you, like we love talking about the people we loved because we loved them. And so it's actually quite the opposite of that instinct to shy away from it. Totally. Yes. It's, it's almost worse and it's not intentional when people do it, but when after Jeff passed away, the people that like didn't say anything, you know, it's almost worse, but they, I know they probably feel awkward, but it's like, you want, you know, you want that. Exactly. And I think that's why I'm a big proponent of like discussing grief and normalizing grief so that people can have a better understanding of the, what the grievers are going through and what actually helps. Like I know there's phrases that I don't like hearing that I wish people would stop saying, like everything happens for a reason. That's like the worst one. But if we normalize grief and talk about it, we'll all better understand each other, I think. Exactly. And some of the ones are like, oh, the, you know, the, the first year is the worst. And <laughs> it's like, it really, it, it's not true. You'll get over it. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, exactly. It really doesn't doesn't get easier. And that is one of the only things that I am at peace with that it doesn't get easier. And the, the grief is, is there for the long haul. Definitely. And you know, healing isn't linear. And some days you might have beautiful days. And then some days you might have a hard time getting out of bed. And that's okay. Exactly. Exactly. And it's even on like the good days, it's it's just always there. What I love that you guys all do in the family is that you teach them a lot of things that Jeff loved and now they love those things too, like Star Wars and superheroes. I love that Jeff lives on in them. Yes, and definitely like the artistic ability that Dylan has, I feel like reminds me of Jeff, like the way he draws. And so that's really cool to see. And then a lot of people will say they see Jeff in my boys and that they see they see different family members in my boys. You know, we see Ryan. Oh, yeah. Dee Dee. Dylan is a <laughs> mini Ry guy. Right. But I love that, right? It's like our generation is so close that it makes me so happy that the next generation of kids is going to be so close because the girls and the boys and we talk about Jeff and they're just going to remember all of us and that we created this community of love. Right, exactly. And I love that Addie and Kate, Johnny and Jen's girls, like they, you know, they always have their shirts on that we did at the walk like we love Jeff and so we do as you know we do every spring which we couldn't do this year um but we do a great strides walk to raise money for CF and there's a big group of us that does it in honor of Jeffrey and to raise money for CF for from Maddie and Rye and everybody with CF. And do you look for signs? I know Meg and I always talk about signs, whether it's like a red cardinal or one time I think I saw a mug that said, take it easy. And that reminded me of Jeff. Do you search for signs? I do. I like, sometimes I'll see the license plate bow or, you know, a cardinal and, and hope that's signs from him. Yeah. And I think music is a big connection too, like listening to Jeff's favorite bands and songs. Definitely. 
And we've stayed really connected to his best friends and their significant others. And that's been huge for us. They're all just like this tight knit group of guys that were just all of them, like the best friends to each other. And it's just such a special, and it can be hard to like on New Year's this year, I ended up hearing a cure song at a party with everybody and like sobbing the rest of the night but it's like beautiful to be with them and like Jeff would love that totally and I love that your family continues to cultivate and foster those relationships because that just is how your family is they appreciate their support system their village like you called it that's where you get your strength from You know, throughout this entire episode, I can tell that the theme for you is love, is family, is your village. You speak so highly of your parents, your extended family and friends. What message would you want to leave with them after a lifetime of support and love? I just have the greatest parents. My mom and dad, like, create, like, the best foundation for our family. And I just feel really lucky and loved and and supported and... I feel like for our entire family, that's kind of the core of like, we know we have each other, we love each other. And we've had like the most amazing people come into our family and been added to it. And it's just, I'm like, so thankful. And I know we all feel the same way. Oh yeah. Well, being a person who entered into the family, I also feel thankful because you can't be like any more loved or welcomed into this extended family. No matter how many interviews I do, you know, everyone has different perspectives, experiences, things they remember, feelings they felt, but love is threaded through every single interview and the love in this family is undeniable. So I know that you appreciate the little things, that you celebrate everything. What else has CF taught you about life? Uh, I think it's, it's taught me that like relationships are the most important thing and and material, though I do like material things, but really none of it matters. And the moments and the experiences that we have are the most important. And it's, it's taught me, you know, it's taught me that life can be really hard and really brutal, but that we're a strong family. And I know Jeffrey, if, if I was lying in my bed every day, I feel like that would be a disservice to him because he just loved life to the absolute fullest. And he'd be like, Katie, you know, <laughs> enjoy the life that I'm, that I'm not, a, you know, he wasn't allowed to enjoy it for as long as I am. Um, so I, I feel like that, you know, that everything about CF has, has changed my perspective on life. Totally. And it's shaped you into the amazing, strong mama bear that you are. Thank you. And it's definitely, I think, because of the the pain that our family has gone through throughout, throughout the years, I have just like this total, it's probably why I went into social work, like this empathy like I see people crying and I want to cry and and I I think that my life experience shaped that part of me too is like when other people in in pain I, I like feel that pain yeah you're totally empathetic. That's like one of your biggest, most beautiful qualities. I feel things deeply, for sure. Yes. <laughs> I always say Ryan's a deep thinker, but I think you and I are deep feelers. 
for sure. We have a lot yeah. of similarities. <laughs> <laughs> well, I know that you love your whole family, but because this episode is about our three boys, what message would you like to leave to them? That I love all three of you like so incredibly much. And I'm so, I could never go through a quarter of the stuff that you guys have been through. And just know that like, your family, we're so proud of you and we love you so much and and we're always here for you and you have all handled one of the hardest diseases with strength and grace and I'm just like, I'm so proud to be part of this family and they're just the best. body won't hold me anymore and it finally lets me free will I be ready when my feet won't walk another mile and my lips give their last kiss goodbye will my hands be steady when I lay down my fears, my hopes and my doubts, the rings on my fingers and the keys to my house with no hard feelings. Hi, Meg. Welcome to the podcast. Hi, Caitlin. I'm so excited to have you on today. I'm so excited to be on. So before we begin, why don't you give a little bio about yourself and then we'll get down to the topic. My name is Meg Corey Higginbotham. I am a fifth grade teacher. My connection to CF is I have two younger brothers, Jeffrey and Matthew, and one younger cousin, Ryan, who all have CF. Yes, and CF has been a part of your life for as long as you can remember. So can you give us a little insight into what it was like growing up with two younger brothers with CF? Yes, um, I was three when Jeffrey was born. So I don't actually have any pre-CF memories. Kind of following the leadership of our parents who created like this beautiful, warm, loving environment, even though we had for us, it was our normal and still is, but we didn't actually until we were spending a lot of time in hospitals and, you know, made our way to Boston Children's and the Cleveland Clinic. As I got older, I realized it wasn't everyone's lifestyle, but our parents made our lives so beautiful that it was kind of something that 
as like we've talked about before, my mom always creates moments, these beautiful, like even when Jeff was little and we'd be celebrating Christmas in the hospital, we still, I found a picture and Katie and I are all dressed up sitting with him. My dad's friend came in as Santa. Like we still believed that to be like an amazing day. We were just so happy to be together. So I think because my mom instilled that in us, it's something that I still look for now. I look for those like pieces to be like, but that was still a beautiful day, even though it was really hard. Absolutely. And like you said, it's your normal. It's all you've really known your whole life. But one thing that seems to be a common thread, especially speaking to you and Katie, is that your mom made that effort, your mom and dad, to make things special. And I think that's that's so important because I don't know how they were able to have such like a well-rounded view of things while they were in the midst of it because you would think it's so chaotic. They're figuring it out, flying by the seat of their pants, but they had enough insight to know that these kids are only going to get this one childhood. And while we are in the hospital and while we are handling CF, this is still their childhood. So we still have to make it special. Otherwise, you know, what's the point of having kids? And she is, your parents both are so good at, like you said, making those little moments. And when I hear the word moments, I actually always think of you because that is something that has affected you and impacted you. And you still do look for those moments. And I think that sort of perspective on life and that outlook is always going to be positive no matter what's going on because you're looking for the good. And I think that's huge. Yeah, like when my mom and Jeff would be gone for long periods of time, we still, like my grandmother or my Aunt Mary, would move in with us. So we would go to school, go to our sports, uh, see our friends, but then kind of that, what we were really looking for was spending that time, like bringing our go fish cards and sitting with Jeff and bringing him McDonald's and so it's like we were kind of battling two worlds, like what everyone else was experiencing and then wanting to be in the moment with our mom and our brother. Absolutely. And one um, area that it's so clear that your parents did such a good job with all of you is that you don't look back on your childhood. And Katie said the same thing. You don't look at it like, oh, it was so hard and it was so negative and it was so scary. You describe it like it's beautiful and it was memorable and it was special. And so that's how I know your parents instilled these beautiful qualities in your mindset. Yeah, because when I, obviously there are moments where I'm like, wow, like I can't believe we survived that moment. But I also look back and I'm like, I'm so lucky to have had the experiences that I've had. And the strange thing is I was thinking about when Maddie was born, and kind of like that excitement and this beautiful blue-eyed baby joined our family. And I remember being told that he also had CF, but Maddie always was so healthy as a baby. So as time went on, you kind of were just putting Jeff in the category of being hospitalized and Maddie kind of waiting at home with us for Jeff to return. So I remember as you know, when you go to clinic, sometimes you're immediately admitted. And sometimes my mom and Jeff wouldn't return. And I remember when they were little, one of the times Maddie, Jeff, and my mom didn't return. 
And I remember that being very traumatic. That was when I was like, oh, he has CF. They're all three going to now be gone for a long period of time. And that's so much to process because you were still young. You were still young when Maddie was born. And, and I can't imagine like you're trying to process this at such a young age and you're like, well, this is what I know CF to be. And Jeff, you know, like you said, doesn't return. You were probably so fearful when Matt was little, but I'm glad you had like, you know, months and years where that didn't happen. But I can't even imagine how you felt. How, like, do you remember how old you were when that happened, when they all didn't return? Not sure. Probably the 10 to 12 age, because I was seven when Maddie, probably a little bit older, 12, 13. I was seven when Maddie was born. But I remember one of the weekend nights, Katie went to my Aunt Mary's and I went to my Nana's, who I loved so much. But I remember feeling scared and lonely because I was so used to being here with Katie and Maddie. So to be on my own, it was kind of that fear, wanting to be reunited, to be the four of us home with our parents. That's so hard. And, and like you said, you, you're such a unit, your family's so close. So for you, know, you and Katie to both be alone separately, it was very out of your comfort zone, very. out of your norm. So you describe feeling lonely and scared, which are totally valid feelings, especially at that age. But even now, I get scared when Ryan goes in the hospital. So I think that's sort of a lifelong feeling to get used to. What other feelings do you remember experiencing as a kid? And how did you sort of pull yourself out of those negative feelings? I think that's something that I still go through today. Like you and I have discussed like kind of like extreme empathy because when you're young and you're experiencing these kind of like highly emotional times, you're kind of taking in other people's stories. I don't even mean my family, but when you're in those environments, you're meeting so many people, you know, and you're making so many friends along the way who are going through traumatic things. So I feel like that kind of shaped how empathetic I am. Uh, but also, like, my humor obviously stems from my dad, but also coming from you try and find the lightness. You, you look for, as we talked about with the moments, our family is big on finding humor in everything and kind of making our way through those moments with laughing. Absolutely. Humor is a big part of our family. And I think you're 100% right. It definitely stems from your dad. Yes. Your dad has an absolutely epic laugh, as we know. The best. His sense of humor is unparalleled. And and I think, you know, I, I remember times and even hearing stories about very tense times in the hospital. And your dad is really good at breaking it up with a joke or just something so off the cuff that can really when you feel like you don't have a laugh in you, he will bring that out. And I think that's so key, sense of humor and to keep that because, you know, your parents have been through so much, your family has been through so much. But the fact that you all are able to get up and to laugh, to look for moments and to still celebrate, I think that's such a gift because otherwise you would just become a shell of yourselves. And I think that it's key to sort of keep those elements of your personality intact. I agree. And like looking for those milestones, like not taking things for granted. And 
even little things like going to the beach or watching a great movie or listening to a great song, you almost are able to be transported and you're able to fully take that in. And I just assumed that is the way everyone is. So sometimes when I'm sharing my emotion about something, I'm like, okay, I might just be me. <laughs> just me all alone. <laughs> just me and my extended family. Yeah. But at least we have each other, you know, so we can, yes. can relate on those things that seem so foreign to other people. But right. something that you said that jumps out at me is your empathy. It's so true. You are such an empathetic person. You can feel for others. I think that's a big personality trait of yours. And I do attribute that in part to CF, you know, because you do have a big heart. You do feel because you've experienced so much. And CF has clearly had a major impact in shaping you into the person you are now. What other aspects of your personality do you attribute to CF? I think the milestones, the empathy, a lot of it too, which we've discussed and my family talks about, are our lifelong friendships. We have this incredible extended family, but also most of my friends are from when I was very young. And they have stayed with us and cheered us on and loved us through many, many ups and downs. And I sometimes wonder if it would be, if I would have these extreme deep relationships and friendships, if CF was not in my life from a very early age. Yeah, it makes you wonder. It's, it's definitely hard to separate what parts of you would have stayed the same and what parts are from CF, because like we said before, it's all you've ever known. So this is just the only you you know. But yes, your family is huge on those lifelong friendships from your parents to you and all your siblings. All of you have lifelong friends. And I think that's such a testament to who you guys are as people. You, you do appreciate those people in your life who have been there for you. You don't turn your back on people. You cultivate and you focus and spend time on these relationships. And I think that's huge. And because they've known you for so long and known and have been there by your side for everything you've gone through, I think that strengthens those friendships because they've seen you go through hell and back. And they're always there. You know, during that time period, especially, I mean, the transplants, but when Jeff and my mom were in Cleveland, I think my friends helped me survive that time period. You know, kind of being there, asking about our family, checking in, like, I'm so, so thankful for my friends. I love them so much. Yeah. When you meet people now, because your friends are from your childhood, when you make new friends now or coworkers and people that you are getting close to, do you share as much with them? Do you try to take it slow because you know it's a lot with CF? Or, or how do you integrate speaking about CF in your life experiences to newer people in your life? I take it slow. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> it's a lot of information. It's a story that has spanned almost four decades. So I kind of little by little share the story. It really depends on how deep I'm going into that friendship or relationship. Yeah. Do you ever find that you can completely hide it or do you not try to do that? Do you like sharing about it or do you ever try to just go into certain acquaintanceships and keep it fully separate? I don't think I ever keep it fully separate. Yeah. I think it's too big. Not really just about CF, but about who Jeff is, is such a huge part of me that also like 
if I'm talking about Maddie or if I'm sharing about Ryan, it's never something I lead with, but it would never be something that I wouldn't end up sharing. Right. It's too much part of you. It's part of every member of the family. And I think sometimes I share <laughs> more than Ryan and it's not even my illness to share about, but I'm like you, like I like to get that connection with people. I like to go deep and, and then because it's part of Ryan, I feel like it's part of me and I like to share it too. So I think that's just, for me, I don't know about for you and you can tell me, I feel like it's a little therapeutic, like to get it out, to talk about it. And especially with Jeff not being here, like you said, you want to keep Jeff in the stories and in our lives. So you have to talk about it. Absolutely. Yeah. And everyone's different. Uh, for example, like when we do, as I, we've talked about the CF walk, when I post about that, it's in the memory of Jeffrey, but it's for the cure. But that's not something I ever place on my social media out of respect for Maddie and Ryan, because they are more private. So they know we are doing it for them, but it's not something I need to highlight for the world to see. Right. It's more between me and them. And because they know and you have that deep bond, it goes without saying. Yes. I love that. Okay, so you talked about a bit about Jeff's transplant. So what that brings to mind for me is uh, feeling out of control. You know, life has been so chaotic at so many different points. CF can be so savage, as we know. It can turn life upside down, as you've seen and your family has seen more times than you can count, I'm sure. So when the boys, Matt and Jeff, have been in the hospital and when Jeff was facing his transplants, how have you learned to maintain some level of control, composure, and normalcy when you're out in the regular world out with everybody else, when your actual inner world and your inner circle is a little bit out of control and chaotic? I think a lot of it, especially since my sister had our beautiful little men, I think Gavin and Dylan have given me such a purpose that even in times of turmoil, I look to them like to help my sister to put their schedule in place, to make sure they're having beautiful moments, to be kind of experiencing things with them. That really helps me. Things like um, I do go to grief therapy to help me um, with the loss of Jeff and um, music. You know how much I love the Avett brothers and that is like probably the thing that helps me the most going to those shows with my sister and Sandy and Demi and just kind of being in the moment, experiencing it. That's something that's super important to me and has really helped me through these experiences over the years. Absolutely. And I think you need to sort of find whatever it is for you. It will be different from person to person, but in those moments of chaos, how can you cope? How am I going to survive? Because if you lean too much into it, I think you could also feel out of control and you could lose total focus. Yeah, I'm someone that always led with, I mean, I can be a beauty myself, but I always led with hope. So over the last couple of years to have that kind of taken has been very hard. So you try to find pieces of it in other parts of your life. And Katie and I touched on that a bit as well. Hope is something that has always been key in this family. And I talked about it with Katie that Jeff always had so many miracles in him and he overcame so much that 
I think it just reinforced your hope every time, every time he came home, every time he had a transplant and it's successful. So do you feel like your hope is fully gone? Or like you said, you search for it in, in you know, different areas of life, but do you feel like it's still in there? Because, you know, you do have to have hope for Matt, for Ryan, for life. I do. It's very hard to kind of find it for me because it was so like dominant in my life that I felt lost without it. Because, you know, with Jeff, I just so believed in it. Like, I'm like, he's going to be fine, which is heartbreaking to then try to come to grips with the fact that he's not here. But I think when I think of Maddie and Ryan, I have total hope for them and their future. So it almost seems separate to me. Like I can still find hope in other pieces. Like I find it in the men, I find it, yeah, like we said, in the music and in our family. But there are parts of me that just feel just heartbroken. It changes you. It does. And it could never be exactly the way it was. But what I admire about you and everyone in this family is the ability to keep trying, keep looking and keep hoping against all odds. Because otherwise life can lose meaning so quickly and we could just go into a negative tailspin. So you guys are all really good at that. And I know I always come to you and I'm feeling, you know, hopeless, negative or out of control. And sometimes just that connection can, can reinforce, you know, hope and the strength to keep going. I think that's why the importance, like you and I talk all the time. I think it's so important to have people that you can lean on too. I think you know, like the friendships and in our family, we have so many people that we can talk to and who truly get it, who truly understand what you're going through. Or if you just want to chat for a minute about something going on in your day, I think that's something everyone needs. And I think, you know, I'm just thinking about our friendship. And sometimes I tell Ryan, like, we would be friends anyway, even if we weren't cousins, you know, because we just have that similar personality type. But something that is just so unique and amazing about you is for all that you've been through, I think other people have seen this in when they've been through a lot, the tendency is to always need from your friends and lean on your friends and then not always be there to reciprocate that. But something about you, you have the ability to return that friendship. You're not a one-sided friendship and that's like very unique because for all you've been through, you would think like, you know what I mean? Like it's hard to be there for other people's problems, but it goes back to the empathy. And I think it's shaped you. And I think that's beautiful because you don't just lean on and need, you're also there and you help and you restore and you're there for your friends. And I know personally, as a friend of yours, I appreciate that so much. It is a two-way street. And I know that even with everything on your plate, I can still come to you with what's on mine and you'll take it. Always. <laughs> so you four... Your siblings and yourself are such a strong unit. Since Jeff, how do you incorporate elements of him into your everyday life to keep him as part of the four forever? I think the biggest thing is my family talks about Jeff every day. It's not something that we even have to think about. He's just there. A story, a one-liner, his sarcasm, all of it 
gets brought up, like if a movie comes on or a song or we look for our cardinals, he is there. So, you know, even when someone will introduce themselves to me and we'll be talking and I'll say, oh yeah, I'm one of four because I am. And he is such a huge part of who I am. And I know that when I'm chatting with Katie and Maddie and Sandy and my parents, that's what we talk about. We talk about our family, but we also talk a lot about him and how important he is to us. We also look for signs of him, you know, any little thing like the, a Guinness or being at the beach, you know, a beautiful sunny day at the pool club. They're all kind of like little hints of him, you know, and other people will think like you're searching for it. And I'm like, I'm really not. He's just there. He's just there. I have to share this because it happened today. So I'm in the middle of this series and, you know, every day I'm editing different episodes from different family members and Ryan is proofing them for me. And so I was, went to send it to Ryan and I said, did you get my airdrop? And he said, no, a Tom Petty song started playing. Aww. And I was like, why? What? And he's like, yeah, I didn't press play or anything. It just started playing. And we both looked at each other like, oh, Jeff, there he is. There he is. <laughs> I love that. Yeah. So to anyone who says you're searching, I, I fully can attest that he is just there. He's there in so many ways. And yeah, sometimes... You know, we might be searching or we might purposely bring him up because you want the men to remember him. Absolutely. You want to introduce them to the things that he loves, Star Wars and art, movies, so many different things, superheroes. And I think that's part of it, like you said, keeping him in the everyday because the boys were so young. So young. I think that, again, goes into the moments of even when they were young and the times he was super healthy, I do that with everyone. I take a million pictures. So when I share the pictures with the men, you kind of take them through that experience. And they also have a lot of pieces of the boys in them. Like Dylan loves to draw, you know, and Gavin loves the ocean and loves superheroes. And Dylan eats his cereal with a spoon with no milk like Ryan. You know, so they have so many pieces of, and basketball like Johnny and Ryan and Maddie, like they have so many pieces of the boys in our family. And so I think it's really important to keep those like little moments of Jeff active in their lives. And I think that's so key and and you guys are so good about family anyway and it's, it goes beyond Jeff it's like all of us right like Ryan and I live in California but from the time that Gavin and Dylan could talk you'd point to pictures of us in a frame and say who's that Uncle Ryan Auntie Caitlin and still include us and I love that inclusivity because no one's ever left out and and the boys are going to know all of us however far apart we all are distance wise and I think that's key because I know we love the generation above us they're like our strength, they are our people. The originals. Yeah, the originals. And we're gonna be that for the ones below us, you know, Gavin, Dylan, Addie, and Katie. They're gonna look to us like we look to the originals. So we have a high bar. We have a very high bar to reach. Big shoes to fill, yes. <laughs> and I think even 
like Maddie and my dad have tried really to make the cowboys special with the men because that's something my dad and Maddie and Jeff loved doing together. So now like Maddie and Sandy will come over with the pups and put on a game and have snacks and make it special for the men so that it's kind of that next generation of enjoying something as a group that's always been so special for us. I think the kids in our family are such a blessing because I know Katie and I talked about it too, on those dark days when it's hard to get out of bed, when you're having one of those days that is just so overwhelming, like a tidal wave, they give you that strength because they need you guys. They need you up and going. And so they give you strength when you need it, but they also, when you see elements of Jeff and Ryan, Maddie, and all our family members in the kids, it's so beautiful. It's enough to keep us all going. They give us that hope for the future. Absolutely. The four little ones just bring out the best. You know, every little experience and moment with them, like even this summer, I'm like, I can't wait to, you know, swim with them and get ice cream. Like you want to still have kind of all those experiences that we had and make it special for them. I love it. I love them so much. I'm so grateful for them in our family. Me too. They're the best. So speaking of hope and wish for the future, as Maddie and Rye continue their journey with CF, what is your wish for them? My wish for them is a cure for CF, a long, beautiful, healthy, full life full of adventure, um, so many experiences, Rye with you, Maddie with Sandy, and just having these moments as a family, but really just a healthy, happy, long future. I love them so much. So much. So Meg, I know you wanted to leave us with a special message. So I'm going to leave it with you to close out the show. My greatest gifts have been my siblings and my cousins being the seven of us. They have shaped who I am, who I strive to be, and who we are as a family. I've tried to lead by my words and actions, but in many ways, I follow the lead of our three boys. They make everything more meaningful, the value of a moment, and living life with pure determination and will. I love you, Katie, Bo, Maddie, Johnny, Rye, and Mary Margaret. Some memories never leave your bones like salt in the sea. They become part of you and you carry them. And it's just hallelujah and love and thought, love in the words, love in the songs they sing in the church, and no hard feelings. Lord knows they haven't done much good for
trade winds take me south through Georgia grain or tropical rain or snow from the heavens will I join with the ocean blue or run into a savior true and shake hands laughing and walk through the night straight to the light holding the love I've known in my life 